This is the Shed End View podcast. Hello, folks. Welcome back to the Shed End View podcast. Uh, technically, we're in season two. Um, we've managed to get that far without anybody taking us off air, so that's, that's uh, always a bonus. Um, obviously, we're in the season two. We don't know when season two, in terms of football, or our next season is going to start. Um, as everybody's aware now, this season has, has ended and we, we've been placed fifth in the league. So probably disappointing end of the campaign. We've been away in terms of the podcast for I think about eight weeks now. Um, so it's good to get back and I think everybody's starting to return to some sort of normality. But, you know, I don't think we're out of the woods yet. So we just thought it was the right time to bring back a podcast and, um, you know, get everybody involved and, and build a little bit of interest before the start of uh, whenever the new season will be. So I suppose, Ali, we've been in plenty, plenty of contact over the over the lockdown. Um, you know, how have you been getting on? I mean, obviously, apart from you've been letting that hair... Um, you know, get considerably out of hand. Um, yeah. So how have things been, I suppose, aside from that? Yeah, all, all good. I mean, I think the reason why we, we kind of didn't continue the podcast too was, you know, you're asking the same people the same things. How's lockdown going? How's this? And I think people like like pub quizzes over lockdown. They just got to the end of that. So it's nice coming back a wee bit fresh and looking forward. Um, the hair needed cut about four weeks before lockdown. So <laughs> this is just, it hasn't been this long since I've been about 17. Um <laughs> I let Louise go at it a couple of times with scissors, with blunt scissors, and it just didn't work out too well. So I just thought I'll grow out, grow out the badness and I'll get it cut properly next week. But um, when you first came on there, I thought you were half yourself. What's happened here? <laughs> You're looking a lot healthier. Uh, uh, well, healthier, well, I suppose, uh, slimmer maybe, healthier maybe. Not, you know, I still, sadly, I still smoke cigarettes, you know what I mean? But, you know, don't smoke kids. Don't smoke. Um, yeah, no, doing a bit of training, um, trying to eat a bit better, um, you know, Obviously, it's worked out perfectly because you know the boys are starting to train on Tuesday and sorry, on Saturday morning. So, you know, I'll 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 casually just maybe stroll down to the showgrounds with a with my boots in my hand and see does Darren mistaken me for a player? Um, you know, sort of figure if Ian Corn can do it, then anybody can. Um, <laughs> sorry, I'm only joking, only joking. Um, but yeah, that I've just been using trying to. Some people have eaten their body weight in chocolate and drank drank their body weight in beer over sort of lockdown, whereas I tried to go the other way. So, uh, yeah, hopefully, you know, it doesn't. Whenever the season kicks off again, hopefully, it doesn't go go south. Where you know, going, I will just go for a couple of pints. Yeah, and then, yeah. then you're you're rocking home at two o'clock on a Sunday morning um, after about twelve twelve pints, and then wake up with the Chinese over you in, in bed. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. You know, but then again, you have to do that once in a while. That's, well, that's that's describing every other weekend for me last season. You know, with yeah, the Mrs. Not too happy, but um, <laughs> you know, it's it's quite strange actually because we started this obviously halfway through the season last year, mm-hmm. and this season we're in pre-season as such, but we don't know when that season is going to start. As you said, it, it just it, it's a obviously it's a strange time, but especially for Darren and for the football clubs around the country. They don't know what they're preparing for or when to prepare for. And obviously, pre-season, the idea is that you do six weeks and you come in kind of coming up towards your peak. And your, but how, how do teams time that or how do they get used to that idea? Or it, It's just all a bit weird, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I think, obviously, as I said, the, the boys are going to be down training this, this weekend. And, you know, I don't think I'm not even sure the coaching staff know, you know, how regular that's going to be. I mean, do you have boys in two or three times a week? Um, you know, and then find out that the league maybe isn't going to start until, you know, October 
um, and then you know, you're overloading players. So it's a <clears throat> it's unique circumstances for everybody. Obviously, um, it's certainly unique circumstances for you know football, and it's an impossibility. I think you you literally have to play by ear. Things change. You know, I hate using this term, but it's a very fluid situation. You know, and that and so and particularly in football, you know, we look at how long that uh, the arguments went on about actually finishing the leagues. Um, you know, it might, they still might not be done yet because you know, instituting pace and I have put in appeals. You know, I, I don't think they're going to get anywhere with them. But you know, it, it's hard to know. Um, I suppose I think the the, the the reason for for Darren and the coaching staff coming back and, and bringing the players back in is obviously they're allowed to now. You know, in terms of um, you know social distancing and, and having groups together. But I mean, what you weren't allowed to do for quite a while. But it's just keeping that sort of camaraderie there. You know, I know Darren's spoken to the players and some will leave, some will some will stay, new players will come in as, you know, Thomas and Thomas Lockhart and Jimmy Walker. Um, maybe maybe more to come in the future. But it's about getting sort of that camaraderie and that sort of changing room and, and the you know, sort of buzz going again, um, even if it is maybe only once every fortnight, you know, for the time being or once a week. So I think that's important as anything. Um it's just it's really impossible to judge what we're going to do now. What I'm led to believe is we could see a resumption of football in September, which isn't that far away. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you would be... Seven weeks, really. Yeah, you would be starting pre-season probably pretty much now, this, this weekend anyway. So I think Darren's just sort of stuck to that. Um, and then you, you wouldn't have your first match for a couple of weeks. Um, your first friendly match, sorry. So, you know, you might just have been an easier pre-season per se um, where you don't maybe have as many friendly games where they're more spaced out um, and then you know if the league is going to start in September potentially then you know it would usually start sort of early to mid-August um, so it's just impossible the, the, the most important thing is is that we're able to go down to Malahide for our pre-season drink up um, that, that, that we do because the, t- the team bonding week um, there's a distinct possibility that well, I was going to say we we'll, we'll, we'll get end up having the Gene Crozers, but I don't think social distancing would be able to be. No, we'll, definitely we'll, not. Somehow, um, but yeah, you don't know what's going on. Um, I suppose really. the, the good way of looking at it, like I was standing at the club yesterday, just taking some photos for you know for a few things that we're doing graphic wise. But I was looking at it, it was like if we have to social distance, it's outdoors. We have the space. We like we we get a decent crowd, you know, so mm-hmm. we can actually still pace everybody out because it's a massive, massive ground there. Whereas, you know, and Warren Point are safe too because they've got a, a smaller ground but no fans to fill it. So they'll be safe. You know, so we're kind of like, <laughs> you know, we, we have the space. We're kind of fortunate anyway. Um, yeah. should, should that be something that has to go forward, um, we'll be safe enough there. Yeah, I think I think the thing, thing about it is, is while the club have absolutely no doubt that we'll put in the necessary precautions, you know, that they have to and we'll do it to a T and do it as, as much as you know humanly possible and make sure you've passed every check or whatever needs to happen. I think that the onus is on the supporters. Um, yeah. you know, whenever the matches start, if there are still measures and precautions and restrictions, whatever you want to call them in place, the onus is on the supporters to okay, if you wanna the club can put things in place, but you have to adhere to them. And you know, it's it, touch wood we don't get a, another spike or a second wave of, of the, the virus. And, you know, we certainly don't want to, the last thing anybody wants is to be, you know, getting back to football and everybody sort of enjoying themselves and, you know, some sort of normality. And then somebody picks up something from somewhere. 
and then you have quite a number of people that are you know in danger and all the rest of it so people need to take responsibility for their own actions when they come down to, to come down to whatever ground not just the show ground so wherever they go you know um in order it's for it's a public health thing and I mean, does that mean like, you know, will we have supporters buses? You know, will, will that be allowed? Is everybody going to have to, for people who don't drive and rely on that bus? You know, those are, I suppose, big things. And then our clubs going to have to bring in like a streaming system where they can provide games to those people who maybe can't go or, you know, yeah. there's so many questions up in, up in the air that, I mean, yeah. if it's taken the NIFL eight weeks during lockdown to decide what they're going to do with the league. So I don't know what they're going to do going forward and organize yeah. the next season, you know? Yeah, it's it's you know nobody sort of knows what to do. <coughs> Excuse me. There's so many unanswered questions and so many questions actually yet to be asked. You know, when you, like the likes of um, you know supporters buses there, for example, who for us are are a huge thing because they provide you know the bulk of our support to away matches and yeah. you know are, are packed most if not every week. Um, and I know the players and management, you know, really appreciate the, the the people that go on them, you know, week in week out, and then you people come in the odd week here and there. You know, again, that just is going to have to be decided near the time. You you really you sincerely hope that you know by the time any football does start, should it be September, or October, if it's even later, it's certainly not going to be any earlier than September, as far as I can ascertain. So therefore, you hope things are going to be uh, eased a bit. Um, you know. Like at the end of the day, if there's going to be 30, 40, 50 people, depending on how big your bus is, and they're going to a match, you're just going to have to tell people to wear face masks. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, now, how Kevin Ruddy gets a massive bottle of blue WKD and under his face mask is going to be, <laughs> yeah, that's, that, that, that's for him to work out. You know what I mean? It's going to be one, one of these. But, um, you know, we'll just, everybody can bring their own individual straws or something. Yeah. Um, but, you know, things that like got, yeah. And I mean, like, as you said, the bus is actually sometimes better cracked than the games them- themselves because you come home and you've got like a, say, a two-hour trip back from Institute mm-hmm. and the crack on the bus is what makes the whole weekend. Do you know, like, win, lose or draw, by the time yeah. you're 10 minutes down the road, that's, you know, so it's those moments that you're probably going to really miss out on and those are the wee moments that people love when they're going to the football, you know, and that's, yeah. that's their weekend routine, isn't it? Yeah, and, and, you know, we can't underestimate how many new supporters... The, the supporters buses that, that have been going for years have brought in mm-hmm. um you know when people have access they were initially started by Daggy McParr and, and, and myself because we had so many young supporters about 10 10 years ago maybe that one were coming down to home matches but obviously couldn't drive they were too young to drive and, you know those are guys now that are probably on the bus every week mm-hmm. they started going on the bus every week and and continue going um and it made them stay. It made things easier to to get them to games. You know, there was cars available to take them, but they created that sort of you know, like to, the, the New York City Travel Club, as it's called, and it's worked. And it brings you see different people on it every other week. Um, so from that perspective, it's key in terms of you know you don't want to treat supporters like customers, but in terms of it, it's key of bringing people through through the turnstiles and you know not only providing the vocal support but providing the financial support to the club, and particularly in a time. You know that, that we are in at the moment, where you know we are. Every club needs every penny they can get. So you know it, it's that is it's a really good point that I hadn't actually thought of. And you know I'm sure now if Declan McParlin's listening to this, he's going to have an awful sweat on for what I do for the start of next season. So yeah, yeah, thank you for that, Ali. I know, but I suppose there are worries. Like I mean, Wigan today went into administration, and they said twelve other clubs in the English Football League are, are quite close to that. And 
you know, at our level, we don't maybe have the overheads that they have, but you know, every single club has bills to pay, and so it's just yes. a worrying time. I think all around, no matter how financially stable you are, um, you're going to have taken a hit during this time. But um, I mean, yeah. you, you, it's like we we don't have the same overheads that those clubs have, but we also don't have anything close to the same income. So you know, it's all it's all relative, and there are you know the reason why the Premiership. And particularly over here, um, has taken so long to get um, you know, sort of finalised, was because clubs were arguing over money. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, whilst you can be construed as greed in some way, shape, or form, because you know, clubs that have no interest in playing in Europe or were never going to get to play in Europe are actually, you know, looking to cut of the European money. I can still understand it, and I would say if we were in the same boat, we would do the same thing because clubs need a financial input to survive and. The onus really is on more so the Irish Football Association as opposed to NIFL, because the Irish Football Association have been given, you know, funding from UEFA specifically to cover to help their clubs out in coronavirus over the coronavirus period, and it hasn't been forthcoming. And I think in something something like that, you know, there's been a lot of talk about the football family and this and that, and you know, it's all fair love and more, you know, when it comes to football, particularly over here in terms of transfer of players and stuff like that. But when it, you know, you sort of have to stick together because. I don't want to see any club, you know, go through what Nuri went through, for example, in 2012. Um, you know, I don't care how much I might despise another club. Um, I don't want to see you. You don't want to see it happen because I do think there is much more of a, a, a football family over here than there is maybe in England or Scotland. Um, yes, there's rivalries, but it can't happen. You, you one club goes and then it can have a knock-on effect all over the place. Um, and. You know, you just hope that everybody's got enough to sort of get get through it and get back to some sort of normality, and then that relies on us as supporters mm-hmm. to get back out and support them. You know what I mean? And again, that's obviously everything. This all feeds into that because people aren't going to have that disposable as much disposable income to go out and watch football. But you know, I do think at the same time that's something nearly going to be overridden by the, the sort of the nearly nearly the novelty of getting back to watch football. Yeah, you're going yeah. to see new fans. Yeah, and I think the massive thing is probably for our advantage as well. I think we talked about this a few weeks ago, but was, you know, you might not be able to go to England every week now. You, you might not go to Liverpool or Scotland, if that's the case. So for us, we can maybe capitalise on that and get, you know, your fix of live local football is down at showgrounds. And that's something yeah. we're re- really going to have to push this season. But um, yeah, yeah it, it'll be interesting to see how it all unfolds. Thankfully, now that cloud of uncertainty in regards to uh, the whole COVID and lockdown has lifted somewhat. So now you don't have that kind of constant fear of that, even though you're still aware of it. So you can start thinking back to normality and start, you know, football is now, you feel justified about thinking about it. You know, even yeah. before there was more important things to be thinking about. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's a really good point. I mean, it's always the, the famous quote that goes around, you know, football is not a matter of life and death. It's more important than that. Um, which we don't even know whether it was actually, actually said, but yeah. you know, it's one of those quotes that's taken on life of its own. I mean, yeah, we all love football, and you know, as you said, it, it wasn't important over the period period of time that we've gone through. Um, but it, but as you said, it becomes important now because you know when you're able to get back out and, and train and play, and then eventually to come out and, and watch games as supporters, um, it then becomes really important. You know, and for people that maybe have had a tough time over the last two or three months and they want to get out and you know be more social again. People there are a lot of people that have had to completely self isolate, you know, over the last two or three months and, you know, through no fault of their own. And, you know, 
there could be Newry fans, there could be Port Iron fans, there could be Man United fans, Liverpool fans, anybody, you know, so to get out and the social aspect of it is going to be hugely important. Um, you know, so obviously within the boundaries and within the restrictions that are going to be imposed, then, you know, as a club, every club, but, you know, obviously we're talking about Newry, we need to do as much as we can to encourage sort of that, foster that atmosphere where, you know, this is your chance to come down and watch your local club. Um, you know, it's going to cost you an awful lot less. It's on your doorstep. Um, you'll meet people that you haven't seen in a while. Um, you know, and it's enjoyable and you'll, you'll, you get to sort of sample a bit of that atmosphere without having to spend money that maybe you once had but maybe don't have anymore to go over to, you know, cross the water every week. So obviously, you know, there's been a cloud of uncertainty over the last two or three months um, and there's still a bit of uncertainty in terms of knowing when football is going to, going to return. But, I suppose importantly for all Newry fans, the Shed Envy podcast is back. Uh, we're back on air. We thought it was a good time to do it because, you know, as everybody will know by now, we made our first two signings of the, well, I think it's the close season. Uh, Jimmy Walker's returned um, after a spell away. You know, where work commitments made, you know, not easy to, to be playing. So he's back signed. But, you know, a new face has come into the club, probably one that's familiar to a lot of people, and we're delighted that he's our special guest for the Return of the Shed MV podcast, and that's Thomas Locker. There's lads, good to be on. So, I mean, this has definitely got to be a first, that somebody that has yet to kick uh, a ball for us, um, that has literally, and I mean literally as we're recording this, has just been announced across, is now breaking down social media. Um, with the videos and photographs and everything that we have them straight in the podcast, so it shows obviously Ali the clout that was built up over the last year. That you know, players are just like, first thing I need to do to represent this club is come on the podcast. Exactly, I think we're the biggest draw, not the club itself. You know, so uh, I think people just want to get on the the nation's biggest, smallest podcast, which is us. Yeah. But Thomas, the, uh, thanks, the, thanks for the, coming on tonight, especially before you've even done like. Before you've even done an official podcast, it's great to have you here. And I've been torturing you over the years because obviously, like Gareth and myself, know you outside of football circles. We know you personally. Yeah, yeah. Every time I've seen you out when I've had a drink, I'm like, "Come on down the club, come on, sign for Nuri, sign for Nuri." So it's good to see that uh, that you finally come down and join us. I finally came to my senses, didn't it? No, I actually, I remember, I actually remember one night in the club court. You were you were rightly on Ali after a wee game, I think. And uh, you were like, right, when when are you coming down to Showgrounds? When are you coming down? So, although that was that was about two or three years ago. So was that the time I, I offered to pay your wages as well? What's well, right? That was the time I offered to pay your wages. <laughs> yeah, that offer <laughs> that offer doesn't stand now. Well, uh, and then uh, oh, I like the uh, I suppose Ali. Then I'm now the second in line in terms of the Shed NV podcast hosts of trying to encourage Tom- Thomas to come down and sign for the club because I do remember uh, I think a night at the races in in the hockey club, like just just before Christmas, where I did sort of mention your name and then you know your number was passed on and then a couple of text messages. <laughs> And you were—I do believe it was mentioned sitting over your Sunday dinner the next day at the the potential future in-laws house. So, uh, um, Gareth will be looking at an agent's fee here. He'll be looking at his yeah. twenty or thirty percent. I get on. Oh, uh, 100%. <laughs> on what's what's thirty percent of nothing? Um, so, I mean, look, Thomas. You know, obviously. You are you're fresh into the club, but you've been here. You've been here before. You were here. You played for some of the youth teams a while back. What are you? You're twenty six now. Is that right? 26, yeah, just a pup. Just a pup, and you look even younger, to be fair. You know what I mean? It's, no, like, me, it's like me, I'm 38, and I don't look a day over 24, you know what I mean? So it's, it's grand. Like. I had um, a tough paper round out here in Bestbrook. Like. 
Um, but I mean, you know, so you, you know the club and you know a lot of people around it, you know, both on and off the pitch. Um, you know, and I know from talking to you uh, and from talking to Darren that you did have offers from, from other clubs. Um, I mean, I suppose, I don't want to say was it an easy choice to come and, and to choose Nuri over, other, over you know, anybody else, but I mean, was it sort of something to go right, you nearly come full circle from from playing sort of for the youth teams and, and then I think you were Crusaders and then uh, Dungannon, obviously you spent time in America with Ryland and now it's sort of come, it's come, it's come 360 again, I suppose. Yeah, yeah well, as you said, I was at Newry beforehand in, in the youth setup. Now this is going back, I think, under 17, 16s type thing. Mm. Um, and then, oh, I mean, it was a great club then. Like, it's a, Newry's a massive club and obviously coming from Newry myself being a hometown club it's always a draw like you know mm. um, I actually moved away from football and believe it or not Ali I went and played in the same sporting team as Gareth did you? after hockey <laughs> gear and Gareth you, you remember we played in the fours team mm-hmm. for the Olympic yeah it was uh... <laughs> The best seasons of sport. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the slight, slightly different um, standards of of sport. I think we'll we'll leave, we'll leave it at that. Uh, I was going to say sports a very heavy word regarding those boys in the force uh, playing hockey. Like, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, but I was young, I was young, and I was playing football, and I was like, do you know what? I'm going because my dad was playing. Dad mm. was playing as well. Yeah. Um, which I'll I have a question for you. I'll get on to that now. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we played there for a year, played for the fours. I think we actually got the cup final yeah. at the end of that season. We got beat, but sure. Um, and then, yeah, after that, uh, after the hockey, it was, I was obviously missing the football. And um, Money Slain, the next club I signed for. So I was up there a couple of years. After that, went to Freyland, played there a couple of years. And then after Freyland, seemed to do well. And then got the got a phone call from Dungannon to go up there, um, which was brilliant. You know, it was my first uh, experience in the Irish League and in, in the Premiership. So um, I spent a year there. I joined in January and sort of had had to get the hit the ground running. And you're still um, pretty young then as well, aren't you? Like, yeah, I mean that was that was two or three years ago now, and probably. Three years ago, 2017 season, I think it was. Um, but then again, you know, with my job at the time, I was I was traveling a lot overseas and missing training and, you know, maybe missing the odd match. So couldn't really get my foot in place, you know, cement, cement a place in the team. But no, a really good experience with Dungannon, like, and great bunch of lads up there and a great manager and Rodney McAree. He was, he was a brilliant coach. Uh, still is, um, and then I, I actually went back to Freyland um, after that, and then obviously went went to the states with with my job for a year, um, and now here I am. Yeah, then you couldn't believe your lucky stars when Darren Darren Mullins' name come up on your phone, incoming call, and you kind of knew the biggest team in the area was looking at you. you know, <laughs> that's so. good. I start. What- Rabbit in the headlights, that, that type of thing. But <laughs> it was a uh, Darren was actually contacting me a couple of times. It was before um, I went to America with with uh, the job 
that Darren got in contact. And it was, I, I actually went down to the playoff final against Carrick mm. and, and watched the game yeah, there and well. stuff. And I obviously knew it was heading away, but, you know, after that game, I was like, geez, what a great, what a great time to sign for the club, like going up the premiership. Mm. Um, you know, beating Carrick Rangers which was a brilliant result. Of the, it was a two-legged playoff, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I never seen the first one, but I seen the second one. Mm. Um, I thought Newry were brilliant that night. You yeah. know, they just they give everything, and and what did it end up three-one or three-nil maybe or yeah, yeah, three-one and the three-three-three-two in the first leg at home after being yeah. two-nil down after nine minutes. And then one three one away from home. So yeah, oh, it's, I mean it's one of those nights that's been discussed regularly in this podcast. Oh, yeah. it'll, it'll live long in the history. But like, I was standing there. I was like, just I know. in you're like you're going to the states or you know signing for Newry, you know that type thing. But I was like, this would have been great. To, you were about to, to cancel the visa at the time, but <laughs> but then obviously coming home from the states and, and stuff, Darren got in contact again. So. Um, I'd sort of made my mind up to, to go to Newry then, even though there was a couple of clubs interested, you know. So, so how how much mo- the most important question, the burning question that everybody's going to want to know is, um, how much of an influence did Darren King have on your decision uh, to to join to join the club? I mean, did he threaten you to not let you um, go out with his sister anymore? <laughs> <laughs> no, that that wasn't in the negotiations at the time. <laughs> no, but, but uh, I, I don't think he threatened me now. But it was—I think it was the first time I went up to Darren's. Obviously, he was like, "So, what's your plans for next season?" And <laughs> stuff like, and would you come Just down to us and all that sort of talk? And I sort of played it off, you know. Ah, sure, we'll see what happens. And, mm. But I'd sort of in the back of my mind, sort of knew what what I was for doing, you know. So there was no. There's no real influence there. Well, we'll we'll just say uh, we'll just at this point in time we'll have to put a disclaimer out that uh, the Shed Energy Podcast does not advocate tap tapping up of any players, <laughs> uh, um, w- w- whatsoever. If yeah. that's what you can call it, um, I mean, I suppose you know, obviously, as I touched on earlier, you know a lot of people go you know, down the club both on and off the pitch from you know various sort of walks of life and people that you've met over the years, um, but particularly the sort of current playing squad. And I know. There's likely to be a few changes maybe before the start of this, you know, the season, but because you know, yes. that may be. But in terms of what you see as a current squad, you've already trained. Um, you trained once or a few weeks ago. Um, you know, the likes of you, you few big name players there that you played played against, maybe a couple that you played with. I mean, what do you look at the sort of quality quality of the squad and how you sort of fit in as a player? Yeah, well, like obviously. I've I've been to the right few games, you know, over the past season, season and a half, um, and I know some. Of the, I know most of the lads down down there anyway. And as I said, I tra- we trained there on a few weeks ago on a Thursday night, like and straight away I fitted in well. You know, just I know the lads and played against most of them at at my time at Dungannon, but um, and even Molly Slane and, and coming up. But look, I think. The squad we have right now, if we were to lose boys or, or bringing in fellas, I think we have a really good chance um, this season. You know, and then as I said you the other night, obviously institutes coming down um, from the Premiership, which 
they will probably rightly so be favourites, you know, coming down, having the experience last season in, in the Premiership. But like if we if we have the same squad that we have now and then the likes of myself coming in, mm. um, there's no reason why we can't, you know, compete for, for the league this season. I think anyway. Um and I mean, as I said, I've, I've watched I've watched a lot of games over the past season, any games that I can try and get to. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I feel that Nuri always try and play football, you know, mm-hmm. and I think that'll suit me as a player, you know, um, as a winger getting the ball in the feet and, and, and getting out boys and, and making things happen. And yeah, then, I was just going to ask you that, Thomas. See, for people who don't maybe haven't seen you play before or don't really know you, how would you describe your style of play? You know, if you want to introduce yourself to the new Nuri audience here, what right, can they expect? So, I don't know. It, Something too much, too much ex- expectations on me here. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll sort of play it down a wee bit, will I? <laughs> I know. Well, as a player, like I've, I, I've always been a winger all my life, or or a forward, or whatever way you want to put it, um, left or right. So, okay, I always try and have a bit of pace about me. Hopefully, it'll last in the latter of my career. Who knows? But at twenty six, I think I'll, I think I'll have some of that left. Um, but yeah, a bit, bit of pace about me, um, and I like to get on the ball and, and, and beat people, you know, one-on-one situations or, you know, just, just to make things happen on, on the pitch and hopefully add a few goals to that um, and assists as well. So, um, free yeah, kicks. Hopefully, hopefully you can do that. <laughs> free, free, free kicks would be, you'd be renowned as a bit of a, a set-piece expert, would that be fair in saying? And see this sort of playing, playing things down. <laughs> No, 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 I'm just gonna go. I'm just gonna put the pressure on you straight away. We're expecting to see numerous sort of uh, messy ass free kicks. You're left footed, aren't you? Yeah, man. Yeah, so we're expecting to see. Uh, you know, Mark Hughes has, has now realised. I went as far as Messi now, Gareth. That's, that's <laughs> putting. No, but that's in, ter- in terms of pressure on Messi. Yeah. But you know, I just I'd like just like to put this out to you know our, our current captain Mark Hughes, who probably thinks you know he's the best left-footed uh, free kick taker in the club. Which he's probably he probably before you arrived was the only left-footed free kick taker in the club. So you know, that's something that you know you've you've scored a few goals. You remember you scored a cracker for um, Rafael in last season. Um, I mean, you only played a couple of games, I think. But there yeah. a few games. you scored you scored a left-foot free kick. I mean, that's something that. We probably don't score enough of you know maybe score from set pieces in terms of you know ball put into the box and a header or a ball dropping and things like that but in terms of direct from free kicks we probably yeah. don't McCardle gets the odd few but that's about it really isn't it yeah and then there's your, you know the, the two yeah. players obviously you know for anybody that, that's watching this and doesn't know obviously Jimmy Walker resigned at the same time yeah. as as yourself the other day um you know Jimmy Jimmy would be sort of a a free kick sort of I would say free kick expert but. In terms of sort of creativity, that's two pretty creative players that we've we've brought in. Um, and you know, as I say, we don't know what way this was going to shape up for the next season. But I think one of Darren's biggest sort of criticisms, not not necessarily criticisms, one of his biggest sort of uh, annoyances maybe of last season, and probably the number of supporters as well that we didn't score enough goals. You know, we're yeah. decent at the back, we're strong at the back. We we probably created a fair amount of chances, but probably didn't take them. I mean, something that. Goals, as you touched on there yourself, goals, goals obviously are key to any game. Like, but but goals, you know, from your perspective, or something you want to be, you probably be aiming to hit double figures come come the second, uh, come next season, wouldn't it? Oh yeah, definitely. Like that's 
that's obviously the aim to sort of help the team as as much as they can, like whether assisting or goal scoring. But like, I feel like before I went to America or we Freeland, and even um, you know, it's I I always felt like you sort of had the score as a winger, you know that sort of way, and I did. I did score a few before I did leave um, in in that season, like and you know that's what I expected myself to produce on on the pitch, like especially now that I'm at Newry and in the championship. Because as I say, like goals win games, so if we can if we can add more goals to to what you're saying there from last season, then um, we definitely have a good chance, you know. But yeah, definitely, I'd, I'd always be one to put the pressure on myself anyway and scoring goals and expect me to to produce a few so you can you can quote me on that <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the headline of the reporter there so Tommy obviously you've moved about uh, clubs over the past few seasons you know you've had money slain Rafaelin Dungallan do you feel like at this stage you're already kind of settling a club and build like a legacy of sorts but you know something along those lines of when you can look back and say I spent three or four years down in Newry and you know, we got there, or I achieved this. Is that something that you're aiming for at this point in your career? Uh, more, more clubs than Tiger Woods, that sort of <laughs> one. Um, oh yeah, definitely. Um, I'm sort of at the age now where I'm, I want to sort of settle into a club and 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 sort of try and and bring success to to Newry. That sort of thought process, you know. So, um, as I say, I'm 26 and I'd. You're saying three or four years, but you know, ideally, even beyond that, you know, we sort of settle in at the club and 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 stamp my place, all being well, and and hopefully help the team. And again, you know, if it, if it's not this year, then next year, and and the following year, it'll always be, you know, trying to get success for the club. And and that's probably one thing that I've lacked over the the clubs have been. And I, I know I'm still young and stuff, but. Trophy wise, as a player, you want to win trophies and you want to win, you know, different things with different clubs, and and that's probably the big thing that I want to to try and and add to 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 my career, just a bit of a bit of silverware, um, and it'd be great to to do it when you're so it would so that would be definitely yeah to 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 settle down at a club and 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 sort of kick on from there and. But as I said, like it's my hometown club, so it'd be great to stay for for years to come. And you know, a lot I know a lot of people down at Newry, even fan wise and, mm-hmm. and and the players, as I said. So, um, so Lockhart promises goals and trophies. We can quote. Right, well, I still would like to win trophies. I didn't win <laughs> trophies there, but. Um. Um, I mean, I mean, you you touched on there. That needs that leads nicely into my next. Uh, uh, sort of question now you touched on you say you obviously know a lot of supporters know a lot of the fans you always have touched on how much of a draw is it to play with you know you know whenever you're, you're maybe balls over the right hand side maybe you're in the left or vice versa and you know the players but you're at a tight ground you know you're maybe you're only a, you're only a couple of yards from the fans and you just hear a certain Neil McCullough golder in the background you know, either, a beaten linesman or a winger or a referee or an opposition player or the first time you're fouled can I just let you know the first time you're fouled within you know 50 yards of, of Mada he's just going to go absolutely bonkers so you know you've that to look forward to so how much of a how much of a draw you obviously know Mada pretty well how, how much of a draw was that to come down to the programs? 
Oh, that was a right draw. It was like, I think every time I went into the hockey club um, for a pint or whatever, Neil was there sitting with a lotto book. And I would say every single time, straight over, where's your pint, Tommy? Give me your pint. On your, <laughs> your, you're supporting the best club, best club in the town. So I know this. I played actually, I think it was for Dungannon. We played yeah. nearly a couple of times. Yeah. And that's the only person I heard. Yeah. Just, <laughs> Sounds about just right. Heard. Young Lager, you'll ne- what was it? You'll never beat the- you'll never beat that right back or left back or whatever. So <laughs> heard the game, but sure, you just have to blank it out or whatever. Well here, but, Thomas, uh, you know, you've gone from uh, you've gone from Money Sin Island, but I mean you've never got the treatment like you have at Neary. I hear that you have your own welcome video. How like how did you adjust to becoming an overnight superstar? <laughs> well, trying to keep away from social media so at the time. My phone be turned off. <laughs> but uh, I know it's it's the first time I've I've done something like that at a club, so it was a wee bit a wee bit different going into the change rooms early on night and you see all these lights and all, thinking you're in a photo shoot for fucking Calvin Klein or something. <laughs> but uh, and I'll definitely not get there anyway, so I'll, I'll make the most of it. I'll, I'll take all I can get. But, well, uh, hey, yeah, last time there were lights in that changing room, it was Gareth and his dad and a few other of the select few from Newry that were that were lining oh, up. Yeah. And that shoot. definitely wasn't a Calvin Klein shoot either. No, no, that was a, that was a, I don't know. I don't, I'm not even sure they can actually term that anything. I actually watched that video. I don't know whether you've seen it, Thomas. You'll have to go through the Newry City AFC. Is team. that the the Darren's Heroes one? That's yes, the one. Yeah. That's the one. That was good. Um, I, wa- I, wa- I watched it. I watched it actually the other night for some reason, and um, I nearly cried because I-, I looked like I'd eaten myself. You know what I mean? So it was. It was. It was absolutely horrendous. Like you know. Uh, but obviously, as as everybody can see, just to, you know, we'll drop this in. The boys were going to drop it in anyway. But for anybody that doesn't know, we'll, we'll give. We'll like to give exclusives in this show that I've obviously been been in the gym and I've been working out and you know losing a bit of weight. And Darren, I believe, was finally going to honour the one-year contract that he gave to me and Mo Ruddy um, about four years ago at the presentation night, saying that if we lasted 90 minutes in the friendly game, charity game at the end of the season, that uh, he would give us a one-year contract. And he, he stuck, to, stuck to that. But he's never quite honoured it yet. So I reckon that pre-season starts, I reckon I'm your man, just sort of a Jan Molby in the middle, middle of the park, you know? Saturday morning starts. We'll see you there. <laughs> so you, you make oh, sure show that, show that that cup there. It's a, a, a just a just a point. Out, and my, uh, other other forms of beverage are available, by the way. But that cup want to sponsor us? That's fantastic. Yeah, I um, thought it was a beer when you first came on. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm a finely tuned athlete these days. Yeah, um, I mean, I suppose from a play, and this is more a general question, Tommy, um, because again, as we've touched on, but don't know when the season's going to start. Um, you know, it's all sort of very much up in the air at the minute. Um, as you said there, you're going to be back in uh, training on, on Saturday morning. Um, but from a player's perspective, you know, I suppose it's odd to sign for a team whenever you don't know when the next season is going to start. Um, I mean, how how different has this been, you know, to, to be moving to a new club, albeit it is a, your local club, but moving to a new club and still not going right, well, it's pre-season going to be... Two months is it going to be? Four months it could be. You know, it could be anything. Is it sort of an odd feeling as as a footballer? I could, it's it's been odd enough to be honest. Like it, I'm sure it's been odd for everyone in um, this whole uh, situation with the coronavirus and stuff. But I'm bloody sick of that word, but I. <laughs> um, but like, yeah, like as a player, 
but back in March, you're thinking, right, this could be, you know, a couple of months or this could be whatever. And then a couple of months went on and then it's an hour couple of months and then an hour couple of months after that. So uh, as a player, you don't really know what what to be at. Like, I, <clears throat> I was at Refinal at the time and we didn't know, we had, we had a lot of league games to play at after that with the whole lag of the season. Mm. And we're getting told, right, it wasn't going to be finished. It was going to be finished. It'd be finished over the summer. So you're trying to keep fit or, you know, going out running, doing the old gym session or whatever. But then it got to a point where it obviously was cancelled. <clears throat> so you're busy training for nothing and you could you could maybe overdo it to a certain extent. So um, as a player, I, I was doing the odd bit and then I, I just sort of knew rightly that seasons weren't going to finish especially over here like with, with everything um, so I, I sort of took a break and, and didn't do much training up until the last sort of few weeks where I knew I was obviously going to sign for Newry um, just to make sure I kept fit and I didn't show up that first pre-season with the, the, the beer belly hanging out of me <laughs> um, but okay, it's been it's been weird like you know the whole situation even you know, day to day life. I've I've been lucky where, you know, I've been working every day, but mm. I couldn't think of of ones not working, filling their day out. Like you know, it'd be it'd be a nightmare. But yeah. as I said, I'm just when I got Darren actually texted her into the group today about training, so I can I'm just buzzing to get back and getting the ball, and kicking it, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, back to simplicity, isn't it? Like. It might go straight, but at least I'll be able to kick it. Well, funny, at your, your first training session, um, I did, you know, whenever you come walking down and you were just finishing, uh, and I did speak to one of, one of the coaches, and I saw you come walking down, you were in to get changed, I think, and I was speaking to one of the coaches, who shall remain nameless, by the way, um, and said, right. I says, well, how Tommy got how, how Tommy get on? And he goes, uh, his first shot, he says, near went into the sewage works, or night, night. he says, I was wondering, why the fuck this was fine. Um, now, um, that coach, as I, I said, it was remain nameless. It was our goalkeeping coach, Damien McCarry. So I told him, <laughs> don't, I told him, don't worry about it. It's, it's grand. I'll not shop you. But uh, yeah, um, I, uh, so he, he sort of, he did laugh, to be honest. He goes, oh, tidy fair, tidy fair. So he was happy with what he's, what he's seen in Damien's work at, at plenty, of, plenty of big clubs, you know, over the years. But um, I mean, is that... Is that a key thing, even though you know a lot of the boys, and again, we've said that numerous times, but sort of getting in and Nuri's, I think one, one thing Darren's always talked about, Nuri's change room is always, it's a fun change room. You know what I mean? Every change room has its you know, sort of, you know, disagreements and things like that, but it's as much having the right personality sort of in there as, you know, it's not obviously as key as football in the building. You know what I mean? But you still have to have the right personality to sort of fit in and, you know, get involved in the crack and things like that. So, I mean, is that sort of important as well that you're coming in to do that? Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, it's, that's a big part of it. Like, you're going to be going to be training together, playing together. You know, the whole season's going to be all of us together. So, that is a big part. And, you know, it's about enjoying it too at the, at the end of the day. Like, we obviously want to to do well and work hard this season um, and, and obviously achieve things this season and hopefully we can progress back up to the Premiership where uh, like I think the club belongs there anyway, you know, with the facilities it has and 
and it being a massive club and, and the fan base it has as well. Um, but yeah, the, the changing room would be brilliant and I, I already know there's a few characters in there already hmm. that I'm sure there'll be a few laughs had over, over the course of the season and a few, a few jokes. No, it'll be good. I'm, I'm looking forward to that side of it too, yeah. Yeah, characters is probably the best way of describing it. Yeah, yeah. It's short for rocket. I'll, I'll leave it as characters. Yeah, well, yeah, I think, Tommy, like on behalf of us, like we're looking forward to actually seeing you get started in that team as well. And I think Hughesy's a super left-sided player, but it's good to have someone else as well there that offers that, which is probably something that we've just been lacking as a left-sided player. So it's great to have that a different option as well for, for the boys going forward, you know. But uh, I'm sure the fans will be delighted to see you going as well. Um, and as Gareth touched on, it's good to have Jimmy Walker back. Jimmy's another super player. So, you know, you and Jimmy, two skillful players in there. We've got the makers of a decent squad this season. Um, and with Porter down out of there, you'd have to fancy your chances, I suppose. Like So, yeah, yeah. We're, I suppose we're delighted to see you start whenever whenever that start might come. Yeah, hopefully hopefully soon. I think I think it's going to be key. It's obviously going to be key in... <clears throat> You know, time time frames in terms of, you know, a transfer window and when we actually sort of know we're starting in terms of making sure that you keep the bulk of the squad together. The people, as as happens every summer, people are going to leave, people are going to come in. Um, you know, your your squad evolves. Um, but I think you know, there's not a whole pile of tweaking. I think I think one one thing we need to start quickly. We tend to we tend to have a sluggish start every season, and then go on runs. Yeah. Um, you know, and going long, long unbeaten runs, which probably didn't quite happen this season for one reason or another. And then obviously the season was cut short. So I think if we start well, so there's absolutely no pressure on you, to, Thomas, to score numerous no. amount of goals before Christmas. <laughs> I, I want at least ten goals and probably uh, all season, yeah, all season. No, 10 no, goals. no, no, up, 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 up to Christmas, and then either and then about fifteen assists. And then the way it works is you either go, you keep on going the rest of the season or we sell you for mega bucks in January to then okay. fill somebody across the water. And at least, you know, everybody's, everybody, everyone's a winner, you know what I mean? So there's absolutely no pressure on you sure. whatsoever. There's no vodka in that cook. <laughs> <laughs> no, de- 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 definitely not. Definitely not. I'm not a vodka. I'm more, more beer man. Tom, more beer. <laughs> well, look, I think... Um, that wraps us up. It was a maybe maybe a slightly shorter version, as I think. Um, yeah. one. Oh yes, one. Yes, one but the time we were playing for the Olympic, I believe I wasn't at this game now. I don't think because I would have remembered it, uh-huh. and I would have been in the car home. But was there a game? <laughs> my dad was playing. Was there a game? You and him had a bit of a scuffle, or a wee <laughs> bit of a fall night. A bit and bit a bit uh, of a, maybe that car journey was on the way home. A bit, no, it was a bit of a, a bit of a fall night. Uh, there wasn't a scuffle now. It wasn't wasn't physical. Uh, it was a way. I, I actually knew at the start of that question. That's what you were going to ask. Um, I don't believe that you get thick, Gareth, for a second. Uh, and and yeah, and with the greatest respect, and I love the man, but you have you met Tommy's dad? Right? <laughs> he, he, he'd be in the same boat. Um, with like two peas in the pod. <laughs> Um, <laughs> it was away at a Queen's and it was weird it was like a Wednesday or Thursday night it was a Thursday night uh, which is a rare you know a rare occasion when you have a hockey match and I don't know what happened I think Brian I think your dad took offence to something and then I took offence to something back and it was off it was off the pitch like when we were sort of had a, we had and blinded each other for a while 
I don't think we were in the same car on the way home, so that probably worked worked out well. That probably worked out for the best. I, I, I thought you were. I, thought you I, don't, were. I, I don't. I don't think we were. Because, um, but now, I because I do remember one of the people in the car was Glenn Elias, who a few people will know down the showgrounds as being cousin of uh, our esteemed vice chairman Gary Wilson. Um, I was back in his glory hockey days. Hmm. Um, but yeah. I mean, me and, me and, me and your dad have been like that ever since, you know what I mean? So, uh, argument, yeah, it was a happy argument, didn't it? Yeah, it's one of those things. You, 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 it's like a relationship, you know, you get things out in the, out, out in the open and it just, you know, there can be no back doors and it, it, it's grand. So, yeah, no, we get on famously now. Your dad, uh, it'll be good to hear, it'll be good to see your dad out at the showgrounds. Uh, uh, I would say you'd have two rather vocal supporters possibly standing beside each other and your dad and my dad whenever, whenever you're playing. So, that, that should be fun for everybody else around them. <laughs> and how did this come up in conversation, by the way, Thomas? Did 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 your dad mention this? He didn't know, but I, oh. I I always knew, and that's why I wanted to ask because I always knew he's had a wee run in or something on the pitch <laughs> or whatever it was, well, and it's, uh, it's we never spoke about it. And then I yeah. just thought that I'd ask. <laughs> I like the way I have to say I like the way you're you're, you're starting your early career here. You're definitely the first player to ask us. Like to ask us, <laughs> us, us a question, yeah. And, uh, you know, like that, how, how do you turn this on? How does this work? Yeah, that yeah. quite a bit in lockdown. Can, can you see that? Yeah, that stuff, yeah, like. yeah. But I have yeah, a question, you... Rally, then. Oh no, Rally, can you take off that hat? Uh, it's never... <laughs> Come on, it's never gonna happen. I tell you what, when you score your first hat trick, I'll take off this hat. This is staying on for a long time. I could be. A... <laughs> I, think, I think that's a good way to end it Tommy you've been a brilliant guest it's good to be back on the podcast it's great to have you at the club um, I wish you obviously all the success this season and you know I look forward to everybody else that maybe hasn't seen you play um, the way me and Ali have you know I really look forward to you know seeing what they think and I know they're going to be impressed and they're going to be excited so look it's great to have you at the club finally mm-hmm. after uh, after it's Darren said to me the other day I've quite a few years chasing you um, so got you signed um, looking forward to seeing you and doing white shirt and you know hopefully it's going to be a good season but thanks very much Tommy yeah cheers Tommy lovely lads cheers appreciate it